0: One, two Eight back
1: Five Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant <laughs> 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 Why can't you work that? Have you broken it?
0: Charlotte The Jerry Anderson Podcast With Jamie Anderson, Richard James And Chris Dayan
1: look what look at what that says there what does it say it says the Jerry Anderson podcast gosh that's very impressive reading you've got going on there that must be why we're here I've guessed so we've been conjured into existence for another <laughs> thrilling episode of yeah. the Jerry Anderson podcast what were you doing before you were con- I was in my kitchen making some pasties uh, I was taking Rodri for a walk who's Rodri <laughs> <laughs> Roger's, have my, I met him? Roger's my dog. Aww. He's my my well-found puppy. Yeah, right. He's we've, been, enormous. we've been sort of you know time scooped. Oh, we have been. Actually, yes. what
0: I should have said I was doing, I was in the rose garden smelling some roses and I looked up and there was this another version of the time scoop. Of course. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Doctor Who. No. Well, let's hope that Chris isn't trapped in a small glass prism. Oh yes. Chris Dale, you mean? Yes. He's here for the randomiser a little later on. Will be, yes. There he is. Hi, Chris. No, Hi, uh, guys. He's over there. Look, he, he's fine. Oh, he's tucking into a nice bit of pineapple there, I see. Oh, yes. Lovely. Devouring
1: uh, it in a rather disgusting way, actually. Isn't he?
0: Uh, now, so Chris Dale, we've mentioned. Brilliant. But who are you? Uh, Jamie Anderson. You're oh. Jamie Anderson. Mm. I see. And, and you... I think I'm still Richard James. I thought we booked Lou Hirsch for this one. Never mind. Good luck with that. Yeah, no, that's never going to happen, is it? I would love to get Lou Hirsch on. It's not going to happen. He's stateside now. It's not going to happen. But he could do it remotely.
1: We could have Lou on the big screen. I mean,
0: we would have to cut it to shreds. His interview would literally be, Hi, Lou. Bye, Lou. That would be it. Everything else would have to be cut. Because expletives,
1: you know. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun. Let's <laughs> let's see if we can make it happen. Anyway, uh, mm. that is a sort of hint to the fact that every week on the Jerry Hansen podcast, yep. we have a guest. We do. Yeah. And this week's guest is yep. the same as last week's guest <laughs> yes, because right. we do these things in two parts. It's yes. Craig Morris from ITVX. Yes,
0: that's right, exactly. Uh, the man who brought us Jerry Anderson on ITVX, essentially. Pretty much, yeah. Without whom, and so on and I, so forth. I think that's
1: probably fair to say.
0: Wow, great. Well, we'll find out more in the second part of your interview with Craig a little later on. Yes, gosh, let's hope I don't mess that one up <laughs> again. again. Uh, mm. Yes, we also have, of course, um, <laughs> I mean, you yeah, know, it's. I what can't, are you even bring at? My, can't even bring myself to say it. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Fab fab, fab. Fab facts, that is,
1: (laughs) that uh, is
0: the favourite thing in your life. Yeah, do you know what? I actually don't even mind it. I don't know why we've got this running gag that I hate it. It's quite fun sometimes. There you go. Uh, But more importantly than that... Our uh, Podstrons, yes, podcast at jerryanderson.com. Sending yes. in emails, I read some out, you read some out. YouTube channel, uh, yes. official Jerry Anderson. People comment underneath, I read them out, you read them out. Full uh, sentences,
1: possible, <laughs> no, not doing those, right? It's quite
0: a packed podcast when you think about it, isn't it? <laughs> it is it's us. not just us kind of chuntering on for I an hour. I think it and could half. probably be
1: an hour if we didn't chunter.
0: <laughs> a lot of chuntering. Do you think people scrub past the chuntering? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You know, underneath where, on YouTube, particularly, and uh, when I put the, you know, the chapter headings, as yeah. it were, I might just put, you know, zero, zero, dot, dot, 00.27 to 04.38. Dot, dot, thirty eight Yeah, I think that's. So people know they could just skip over it. Yeah. I good. bet they're not even listening now.
1: No. I know I bother. Anyways, <laughs> we just do Fab Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> on. It's Fab Facts. Now. Time for this week's Fab Facts. And now, Fab Facts. Nice. Yes. Hmm? So we we don't need a gag this week about how you really hate it. Because no! Because you find it tolerable yeah. or sometimes interesting. I've only been joking all these years. Really? It has been years, hasn't Gosh, it? Gosh, you've been really holding on to that for a long time. Anyway, you all know the drill. Look yep. at Fab Facts. Flick through it. Shouts yep. Fab. I say things that's interesting, probably. Yeah. Good Ready? Luck. Yeah. Good. Here we go. Very nice. Thank you. Oh. What? I actually slightly lost my thumbing there. But oh, Did uh, you? Yeah. yeah I mean, funny I mean, that, isn't yeah, it? It's interesting how that's... Oh, I don't know how that, that keeps happening. I know. Yeah. Must do something about this thumb. Must be faulty. Okay. A faulty ne- thumb. Needs an M-O-T or something. Okay. Anyway, um, the fab fact for this podcast... <laughs> yes. ...goes as, as follows. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> nice I know you're aware of this. Chris is aware of this. Yeah. Hi, Chris. Um, uh, and some listeners may be aware that Anderson Entertainment has recently become uh, involved... Very lightly, with yes. um, Hammer Films. Oh, yes. That's exciting. Yes. Uh, we've worked um, with the, the team on the latest Hammer release, Dr Jekyll. Yes. Uh, a Hammer, for those of you who don't know. and What? And there's people who won't know what Hammer is. Really? Absolutely, I think. But it was ubiquitous. What? Well, that's ah. the was. You see, and I think it has fallen out of ubiquity. ubiquity. <laughs> well, that's a great sentence, isn't it? Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, and you're completely forgiven for not knowing, uh, it was a film company most famous for producing a string of classic British horror films oh, yeah. from the mid 1950s to the mid 1970s. Too right, uh, such oh, don't, as oh, I mean Dracula, obviously, and then, yeah. and then the various sequels, Oh, Yeah. Plague of the Zombies. Oh, yes, brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, but it wasn't just horror films that Hammer produced, even though that's what they're most named for. Uh-huh. Uh, founded in 1934, they also produced war films, crime films, comedies, swashbucklers. Sorry, sci- they
0: were founded in 1934? Yes. God. They just had no their 90th birthday. Well, well. Yeah, go on, Swashbucklers, um, yeah.
1: Swashbucklers, mm-hmm. sci fi, uh-huh. and more. Mm-hmm. And in 1969, Good they year. produced the first Space Western Oh,
0: I like the sound of that. You tr- you're on. trying to
1: think of a portmanteau for it? Asbeston? Asbeston? No, that doesn't sound very good, does mm. it?
0: Sounds like the fibres you find in the
1: ceiling. <laughs> it's not that. Anyway, it was a space western. It was a sci-fi film uh, called Moon Zero Two. Do you know oh, of it? I don't know. Okay, well, set in the distant future of 2021. <laughs> right. in <So laughs> the, the recent past, past yeah, yes. Okay. The film focused on a space pilot played by James Olsen, who is approached by a young lady whose brother... A moon miner, with an E oh, miner, right. yes. not minor, or sure. uh, has gone missing. Said young lady was played by future space 1999 star Catherine Schell. Oh, so yes, H- uh, Hammer got Catherine Schell to the moon first, not the Andersons. Well,
0: well. Now, did she
1: mention this in her interview? Do you know? I don't think she did. It
0: was months ago, years ago. Years ago, I did
1: record that in the in in lockdown, I think. So no, I don't remember. But maybe go back and have a listen if you want to hear more. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Also on the cast were UFO guest actress uh, Adrienne Corrie. right, uh, and Neil McCallum, who Mm. provided voices in Thunderbirds, Argo, and four episodes of Captain Scarlet, Mm. and played guest roles in UFO and the Protectors. (sighs) It's such a small world of small pool of actors doing all these things, isn't it? Yes. Also in the film were such notable actors uh, as Warren Mitchell, yeah. 1960s Doctor Who villains, uh, Bernard Breslaw and oh, Dudley yeah. Foster, Monty Python's Carol Cleveland, yeah. Michael Ripper, who appeared in more Hammer films than any other actor, oh, yeah. and Sam Kidd, who appeared in more British films than any other actor. That's quite really? a claim to fame,
0: yeah. More British films than any other actor? That's what it
1: says here. It must be official. All those
0: carry-ons that they all did. It must and... be real,
1: yeah. Well. There you go. Uh... Familiar Anderson names among the crew also included Brian Johnson mm-hmm. and Nick Alder in the special effects department, mm-hmm. stuntman Martin Grace, and sound recordist Claude Hitchcock. Mm. There you okay. go. Yeah, nice. Uh, however, for this fab fact, yeah. this bit we've had so far <laughs> oh, right. is not oh, the, oh, the preamble. We're going to focus not on a person, <clears throat> but on a particular prop. <laughs> this is much more like a fab fact, don't you agree? I feel
0: that this could have been two fab facts and we could have spread
1: this over a fortnight. Well... But there we There's are. There's no no chance I mean, now. Yeah, that's right. We're focusing on a particular prop mm-hmm. from Moon Zero Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I also add before we get to the prop? Yeah. that there is a little nod, in a way, yeah. to another Anderson show. Uh, yeah, costume in, element in what?
0: In the in the uh, Moon Zero Two. Yeah, right. Catherine Shell. Yes, pink wig. Oh, really? Brightly
1: coloured wigs. Yeah. Ah. I don't know whether UFO came first or not. Was, yeah, was, yeah. Well, probably About they the were time, in production earlier, yeah. Well, well. Maybe UFO stole it. Anyway, let's not get into that. Uh, we mentioned before, mm-hmm. moving on, mm-hmm. the spacesuits from Doppelganger had a long afterlife, including becoming the shadow spacesuits in UFO, as well as many appearances in other shows and films. Right. But so did the spacesuits from Moon Zero Two. 2. Right. For instance, mm-hmm. the complete suit with helmet turned up in an episode of here come the double deckers. Oh, I remember that. Not one I'm familiar with. yeah. yeah. Uh, but sometimes just the helmets we use. For instance, as the helmets of the three alien ambassadors in Doctor Who, the ambassadors Bastards of, of death. death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ambassadors make sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but oh, right. I hear you cry. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> with all this mixing and matching going on, did any part of the Moon Zero Two spacesuits and the Doppelganger UFO spacesuits ever appear together on screen? Oh, is there an answer to that, or is that a rhetorical question? No, that's what they were crying, but yes. Oh, I see. Well, I've got the answer. Oh, right, okay. They did. <laughs> right, 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 good. I and yes. in a later Anderson production as well, that's where they appeared. Okay. Specifically, the Space 1999 episode, Mission of the Darians, in a scene where Koning and Bergman are stunned by two space-suited Darian guards. Right. One of the guards is wearing an old shadow spacesuit helmet, and the other... Helmet comes from Moon Zero Two. OK. Both of them have been resprayed the same colour, but if you look closely, you can spot the various differences that indicate which production they were first used in. Right. So. Right. Uh, well, so, yes. There you go. Oh. Uh, that's the answer connection to the 1969 Hammer production, Moon Zero Two, a movie that TV Zone magazine once described as watchable. Oh, I'd take that. High praise indeed. I would absolutely
0: take that. Watchable. That's fine by me. There we are. I mean, I know Fab Facts, the book you have there, is a sacred tome. It is. But let's hypothetically imagine that someone each week had to prepare those Fab Facts for a podcast. Do you think they might be kicking themselves now that that was a, pod, a, a, a Fab Fact that probably could have lasted three or four weeks they could have divided it up and had a
1: month's worth i mean they would be probably kicking themselves but of course that hasn't happened because this is a absolutely. book that's been pre-written absolutely that right we pull facts from absolutely right. at random yeah that's right yes yeah, exactly yeah
0: right. uh, on a similar note, do you mm. remember a few weeks ago we mentioned uh, the inspiration for brains as part of a, a fab fact? Yes. We are the scientist from yes. Horizon documentary. Yes. And someone rather pertinently, I think, wrote yes. beneath uh, the podcast on YouTube that uh, they wondered how we'd managed to get the pictures up so quickly if the ah. fab was random. Well, I mean, editing. Yes. Well,
1: it's, it's a combination of editing yeah. and also your favourite member of the podcast team. Oh, I Count now. Well, one of them, who very quickly runs along yeah. and does a search and Scurries then puts them up about, on the screen. That'll be, that'll be Ross. Yes, Ross. That's right. I mean, Chris doesn't scurry
0: about. No, I've never seen that. He just sits on his sofa I all day. know. Coming up later with the randomizer. Uh Great. Yeah. Well, that was certainly a prolific, prodigious, <laughs> fat fact, wasn't it?
1: Yes. I mean, what? Okay, go on. I'm not sure we're going to end this one. Um... So, Podsterons, have you seen any other strange combinations of Anderson costumes combined with non-Anderson costumes that turn up in an Anderson or non-Anderson production? We'd love to know. Do email us, podcast at jerryanderson.com. I don't think we're going to get any emails about that. No. Anyway, that brings us, very strangely, no idea where we're going to go with this one, to the end of this week's... Costumes that may suit. or
0: may not have ended up on a Jerry Anderson or non Jerry Anderson related series. <laughs> facts!
1: Fact. Yeah. Space it would have been easier. Wouldn't it would, it? wouldn't it? Brilliant. Good. Why didn't I think of that? That one? went so well.
0: It was good, no. That, I mean, uh, what I love about the Fab Facts?
1: <laughs> Come
0: on. <laughs> it's so very varied, isn't
1: it? It's very varied. Sometimes yes. you get one that's very long. Sometimes mm. you get one a little more concise. Yeah. But the long ones are sometimes good and sometimes I, I don't know what the hell's going on. Talking of long ones.
0: Yes. Now let's look at our email bag. Okay. It's time to open the door and let in the potstrons because it's a bit of a I'm talking prodigious size. bulging? One, oh, what a length. Okay. Never mind the length. Look at the girth. Okay, let's, let's do it. Let's open the door. This is the voice of
2: the Podstorons.
0: Oh, it is nice, actually, isn't it? When we get to this point and we can just chill out, the, pod, the voice of the Podstrons—it kind of just sets us up nicely, doesn't it? You feel it? chilled out? I do. I feel relaxed and chilled. Yeah. Um, uh, now, do you want me to take the longer one, or, or, or vice versa? I don't well, mind. Where, it's is a, where is, a, is it's the a lo- second? The second one in?
1: <laughs> you made me do the long
0: one very. last time. All right, so, so I think it's your turn. Okay. let we'll so start with this one from Scott. Bickley no clue. Here. Because the what? long one's
1: next, isn't it? No, it's the second one I've said. Oh, I see. So you. So start. I take the first one. I'm very easily confused. Oh, uh, clearly. Anyway, Scott has written in a relatively short email. Yes. He says, hello, Jamie and Richard, and I mustn't forget Chris, too. H- no, how, okay, how could Chris? you? Much better than Chris 1, I think. How is everyone? Um, better. Good. You? Um, yeah, I'm all right. Chris? oh so so says Chris there we go Uh, Scott continues Hmm. when I watched pod 277 with Genevieve Gaunt answering my question on her interview yeah I was thrilled oh good yes the greatest franchise of all time I asked her about wasn't he Thunderbirds as I grew up uh, on it more than some of the others that I do enjoy watching fair enough to answer Genevieve's question oh about my last name Bicleeke. Bicleeke yes yes a question it's, I've never thought to ask Scott before. Well, when I've met I him. mean, I love that the questions are now going both ways. <laughs> yeah, this is fantastic. That's right. Bicleki is from Scott's dad's side of the family, as he was from Kosovo. Ah, oh. there you go. His English is good, but his spelling is not. <laughs> right. Okay. Great. Uh, when will the Thunderbirds audio CD set, Danger and Deception, be released? As I have it pre-ordered. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Oh yeah! Thank you for making such a f- uh, an F-A-B-U-less. fabulous, fabulous. <laughs> That's the spelling as we to say, <laughs> That's right? That's an fabulous podcast. Say it, yeah. uh, here's to many more to come. Oh, take yes. care. Have a great day. Oh, just the day though. We'll do. Just Fab day. Scott. Thanks. Uh, Scott. Danger and Deception should be uh, end of November, mm-hmm. I believe. So very mm-hmm. soon, like the next two weeks. Great exciting. Good. Right, it's ex- your turn. Oh, sorry, you wanted to before, no, an before.
0: Is there any other podcast where the listeners and viewers actually have the opportunity to ask that the special guests that week questions, I wonder? I don't know. Because I think there might be a bit of a USP for us. One of our USPs, yes. In case you don't know, <laughs> in case you don't know, uh, on our Facebook group, uh, every now and then, mm. I mention who our next guest is, mm, and do. I open the door to, to questions from our podstrons, and you just comment beneath and put your questions, and they go, into the Space 1999
1: lunchbox. <laughs> Yes, and if you're listening to this for the first time, this whole thing must be a very weird experience. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Here's a long one. This is from Sook Deep, who says... Good luck. Ready? Mm. Dear
0: Richard and Jamie, greetings to you both. Greetings. Uh, I've been an avid listener of the podcast for many months now, and I really enjoy it, but ah. this is the first time I'm writing in. Uh, I've so much to say, obviously, you'll see, uh, much of which has already been said by other listeners and special guests on your show. I wanted to share my thoughts on Jerry's work and what it means to me. Great. This well, what we awesome. like hearing these yeah. things. Now, my earliest memory was watching Stingray on BBC. This would have been in the early 1980s. Sweet. Uh, The episode featured Stingray in a fish tank. It's not until recently when I spoke about this memory at our Podstron Zoom meeting over on Facebook... Lovely. ...that the podders confirmed that the episode was Tom Thumb Tempest, and it wasn't a figment of my imagination. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny when that happens. A few years later, Stingray was being repeated again, and I recall watching the Pink Ice episode, which I managed to tape on VHS. Sometime after that, Thunderbirds was rerun during 1992-93, and this rerun caught my imagination as well as all my school friends'. Nice. Uh, we would discuss the episodes at school with great excitement. I was fascinated by the big production, big budget, cinematic quality of Thunderbirds. Isn't it amazing, even at that young age, that's what you uh, still caught tell. its attention, Absolutely. Uh, after the Thunderbirds rerun came to an end in 93, the BBC began their rerun of Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons, and this is where I was hooked. Ah, growing up with um, perfect. There was something about the original Captain Scarlet which completely fascinated me. The cinematic quality and big budget production values were all a given, and impressive as always, but this time the screenplay and cinema photography was more fluid. The characters had just the right amount, of uh, level of development so to leave enough room for your imagination to fill in the gaps. Interesting. Oof. So a step up in terms of storytelling and scripting I suppose there between well, the I, earlier ones and Scarlet. Certainly
1: more grown up right? That's why I said he grew up yeah. in parallel with these things being reshown, so. yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, over the course of the series, I saw Spectrum battle it out with the Mistrons. As with other Anderson productions, what I found most endearing were the forces of good. Spectrum, International Rescue, etc. were organised and fully equipped. The formula Hollywood narrative was smashed by Jerry Anderson. Traditionally, the forces of evil would dominate for three quarters of the length of the production, while the forces of good were caught on the back foot, disorganised or in denial. Instead, we saw the forces of good were already organised and fully equipped with hardware and technology and ready to act. You can see the military strategic thinking of Colonel White when his first action almost always is... Launch all angels. Mm. Meanwhile, he, uh, meaning that he wants air superiority over the area. He would then send ground troops in by deploying Captains Blue and Scarlet, etc. And much of this detail is only now being appreciated, as many of us have revisited these productions during lockdown. Ah. I think many people did, didn't they? Yes. Because it was what a strange time. Well, yes, and also, you know, we look back to safer times, don't we, during yes. moments of danger. Seeking nostalgic warmth and security. Exactly. After many years of neglect, it was during lockdown that I dusted off my Captain Scarlet box set and began to watch an episode each evening. The unseen threat of COVID coupled with trying to cope with lockdown, for me, correlated to the threat of the Mysterons. I found that whenever I faced adversity or tragedy in my life, I've turned to original Captain Scarlet for comfort, inspiration and a form of escapism. Much has been written regarding Gerry Anderson's utopian worlds which he created in his shows. Much has also been written and said previous regarding the cloud base, the angels of Colonel White's celestial representation representations interesting take Mm. Uh, these I would not disagree with sometimes it's not what the artist's intention is that is important but what you make of it and what it gives you absolutely that's I'm all totally with you there so you can make of it what you will (laughs) that's interesting isn't it all things to everyone Uh, I have so much more to say but I'll keep it to my next email. Another long one to look forward <laughs> That's to. That's right. I wanted to thank you both for all your wonderful work and for keeping my spirits up during the dark days of lockdown. Through your podcast, I discovered the wonderful Podstron's group and their weekly Zoom meetings are a vital part of my life. Kindest regards, Sukti S-I-G. Lovely. How lovely. See, it's worth reading, isn't it? Yes. One person's experience of how they came across Jerry Anderson and his work and what it means to them, always worth hearing. It's lovely
1: because it's always different for someone else's. Yeah, these lovely converging and diverging threads. Yeah. where people, you know, they've got different angles and things. And, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Lovely. Thanks for that. Do send it. I, I look forward
0: to hearing the next one. You can read out the next one. Alright,
1: fine. Deal. Oh, <laughs> well, no, it was a
0: good one. <laughs> it was lovely, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Uh,
1: is there more? Yeah, one more, I think. Oh. Oh, it's a medium one. <laughs> right. <laughs> so could you cope with that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, go on. Uh, it's Mark Perkins. Obviously. He's quite a regular. Yeah, we love it. Emailer. Yeah, Yeah. greetings, podcasts. There you go. Says Mark. That's standard Mark intro, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some might say I have a little too much time on my hands. Well, (laughs) not saying that. But But as we head into winter, I like to have a plan of which shows I'm going to watch with my breakfast over the coming few weeks and months. Right. Gosh, TV at breakfast. Oh, I used to. Well, that's, that feels very uh, sort of childhoody to me. Instantly, I'm, in, I'm taken back to Toast and Marmalade and Inspector Gadget, for example. That's oh, but my... you're talking weekends, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Not, I mean, you wouldn't be allowed TV during the week. Not, not before school, no. <laughs> no. Uh, parents weren't monsters. Uh, as I think I've mentioned before, uh, I run my own version of the randomizer. Chris this isn't good enough, clearly. So that every morning I can settle down to watch something from the Andoverse uh, in the, the precious times before the rest of the household gets up and I can actually have control of the TV. Yeah. Currently, I'm branching out to include some recent acquisitions, which now include Space Patrol. Ah, mm. right. Okay. I like to think of it as an Anderson show from an alternate universe where Jerry carried on working with Arthur Provost and Roberta Lee um, and had none of Lou Great's money. Oh,
0: yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Yes, there'd be other, other <laughs> stuff that it. was
1: lacking in that universe, obviously. Um, this morning, I watched one of the later episodes, Deadly Whirlwind. Ooh, great oh, great name. I've had a few of them Which myself. Is superb. Ah. Superb.
0: Sounds like that curry dish we had that time we went the out. The Deadly it's Whirlwind here, or super,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, The story moves at a breathtaking pace, features a race against time to save the Earth from two separate existential threats, has some very funny dialogue and is all accompanied by the most unusual and innovative electronic music. Hmm. None of it looks as sophisticated as Viable XL5, and the voice acting takes a while to get used to, but I love the show. That's great, isn't it? It's such good news that the Blu-ray release has now been rescued through Anton Entertainment, we're very happy to do so, since the devastating demise of Network, and I'd encourage anyone wanting to experience some alternative space puppet adventures from the 1960s to get to know Captain Larry Dart, and the crew of Galasphere 347. Oh. There you go. Wow. Yobberay's on Mark Perkins. That's their phrase from the. Is show. it? What yeah. does that mean? Yobberay's. It's a thing they've got. Like okay. A technology.
0: Is it? Yeah. Are there any other sort of properties that you'd want to bring into the uh, kind of Anderson stable, do you think, <laughs> that are kind of near cousins that you I think don't might know. be.
1: I mean, there's there are things like um, Starfleet and yes. all that sort of stuff. Yes. And uh, what's the. There's a South African puppet show that I now can't think of the name of. I'm waiting for the randomizer to call it out. It just. Interster, yeah, which kind of feel Anderson adjacent. Right. right okay. Um, obviously, Thunderbirds 2086. That's another yeah. one. So there's lots of stuff that yeah. it, that, that are Anderson adjacent and yeah. I think could live kind of within the Anderson universe. Yes. But uh, many, many hurdles to overcome before getting there. Many rivers to cross. Yes. yes. Great.
0: Uh, excellent. Uh, do keep them coming in podcast at jerryanderson.com. Uh, we love to get your emails. We just love the fact that you're still listening and watching after all these mm. years. Some of us have been with us, some of them rather, have been with us since the beginning.
1: They have. And Amazing. some Just recently, and maybe some even gave some up just, just, just today. Well, they won't be here, will they? Uh, yeah, we could be really rude about them, can't we? Let's not. Let's oh, not right, do that. So let's, right. let's keep them entertained with something new. A guest interview. Ah, uh, yes, but we know who it is. Who is it? Well, you're going to tell us. What now? Yeah. All right. Come on. It's Time to welcome back the
0: managing editor of ITVX, the home to all things Anderson and more besides. He's been an Anderson fan forever and even holds the distinction of previously meeting not only the great Jerry Anderson himself but also the lesser Jamie Anderson. Despite that, he's decided to join us again to tell us more about his work and Anderson memories. It's Craig Morris!
3: Welcome back, Craig. That's all right. Loved it so much, I couldn't wait to get back.
1: We couldn't lock you out. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, you are... I'm going to call you Mr. ITVX because you're giving them the kind of editorial direction and you are kind of setting the tone for what should be there and therefore we've got you to thank for all the Anderson content that is there and your colleagues obviously have Mm. been so brilliant and supportive. Well,
3: that's what I was going to say. There's a big team there, but you you set a strategy, but I think both at BritBox and at ITVX, we've got an amazing acquisitions team actually who are very good when you go, we need a bit more of this or a bit more of that and they're the people who go out, they do the deals and they they manage to pull all of this together, Mm. which is... Amazing, so yeah, I don't want to take all the glory for it, but uh, well, I'm I'm giving but you're you. All to give it. It. I'll walk around yeah. with a badge. So yeah, we'll get you we'll a badge for that. ITVX. So we,
1: last week we discussed how uh, Ricochet um, inspired mm. you to go into radio. Mm. So I mean, could you give me your kind of comic book superhero origin story from radio to ITVX and a few of the kind of highlights along the way in a in a one to two minute
3: version? Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, I mean. Oh, here's, here's the honest truth. I loved radio because I love music. And at the time, you know, there was a lot of radio stations all over the country. So there was always one up the road. So it was sort of easier to get into radio. But t- TV was the ultimate love mm. um, before radio, during radio. And I would, I would get broadcast magazine to just see the overnights and see all the industry gossip. And during my radio years, I ended up doing TV continuity. Uh, for ITV, for Anglia, Uh. television in the 90s. And um, that got me a bit closer, you know. And so just bit by bit, you you know, my path was crossing more and more with TV. Um, But I loved radio. I did 10 years on the radio, 10 years then um, in management, But I I was sort of I was coming up on twenty years, and I remember thinking, "But do I just want to keep doing this, or do I try and go and scratch that TV itch? I'd love to work in TV." And I just got really lucky. Actually, I started talking to somebody at the BBC just at the point when they were setting up their high definition TV channel, and they sort of needed somebody to come in and effectively sort of gather together all the HD programs that were being made for the different channels and put them into one HD channel called bbc hd and i think i'd contacted them at just the right time because christmas was coming everybody was really busy and it was a bit of an add-on it was a bit of a who's gonna do bbc hd probably not many people watching it but it got me in the door and i hadn't been there long and then they went we want to do more on youtube on our youtube channel we need somebody embedded within the channels to advise what we do and we would do deals with people like mock the week and Uh, the Jonathan Ross uh, chat show at the time to clip up bits and put them out on the YouTube channel. So I was very much in the new bit of the BBC. I wasn't on the traditional linear channels to start with. Anyway, that led to uh, doing a scheduling role on BBC Two for a year. Someone went on mat leave. And I love that because that got me in content, uh, into contact, if you like, with uh, archive um, content on TV. This is years after they brought back Thunderbirds and a lot of the Gerry yeah. Anderson properties, they still had a budget to do classic TV. So I, I could finally get my hands on the BBC archive <laughs> and bring some of it and put it on on the TV. Yeah. Um, so, for example, they would play a bit of Dad's Army at Christmas, but I started showing it every Saturday night at half seven. And I remember they let me do it as a trial and went, but I, I'm not sure, you know, we'd do it more than a month. And I think they carried on for over 10 years. I was only there on BBC Two for that year. So I just, there was always this thread of archive. So I loved radio, but running through it all was this kind of love of TV. And I think once I'd got my foot in the door, then they they weren't getting rid of me. I wanted to be involved. So I did um, BBC Two. Then I went off uh, to work, well, there was various companies own them, but for Channel 5 and Viacom and Paramount, and I launched a lot of their channels in the UK, and I used to oversee all the, the sort of scheduling and planning for Channel 5, so uh, I did that for many years. And then I wanted to get into streaming and BritBox was my route into streaming because I could bring all that knowledge of, of TV, commercial TV, and almost a bit of the radio spirit of this quite a small startup mentality, sort of coming up with creative ideas and bringing it to life with a small team, which wasn't very TV actually. So I probably pulled on my radio experience there. So that, that's, how it, that's how it went really, radio to TV, then into streaming via BritBox. Amazing.
1: And here we are. Now, the, the nice thing is, I just realised during that is you putting Dad's army on then means you're responsible for actually some of the very limited time that I spent sitting with Dad watching TV. Really? Growing up,
3: yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, You. that would be right because it, it sort of, it was loved by the BBC, but I still think they saw it as something to do on special occasions. And yeah. I remember saying to them when I was there, there was still quite a few of the cast alive. And it's like, I wonder whether it makes sense to get them all together. I think I'd read somewhere that Jonathan Ross was a bit of a super fan. And I remember suggesting when I was at the BBC, is it worth doing? And I, and they did it. And as a fan growing up of all of these shows, to be able to suggest things and see these things come together, I felt a very similar thing um, with the Jerry Anderson Docker A Life Uncharted. To have any kind of part in something that that celebrated Jerry and his legacy was really special to me because, you know, these are shows you... You know, you sort of cling on to as you grow up and they they're they're quite, you know, they go quite deep with Mm. you. So one of the lovely things about being a fan of TV, working in TV is when you can bring it together like that. And yeah, Dad's Army was lovely. And I would see the cast in interviews saying, oh, yeah, and it's back on a it's back every Saturday night now. And it was quite simple. I had a lot of history shows on a Saturday night. Mm. I love Dad's Army. And I was looking for a show that would just get a big audience through the door at the beginning of the evening. And so I suddenly thought, hang on, Dad's Army at half seven and uh, Time Watch at eight. Mm. There's, a, there's a sort of history element there. Should bring in an older, upmarket audience against, you know, whatever it is strictly. Um, and, and yeah, it worked. There which you is go. Great. Well, I would watch that with Dad and uh, lots oh, of happy that's, hours. That, that's lovely. That's to know. a lovely full yeah. circle, yeah. which is great.
1: And uh, last week we looked at the moment that inspired you and your first Anderson memory and that started that radio journey. This week, I think we should look at your favourite moment. So, shall we watch the screen, then you can tell us all about yes, it? Yes, definitely.
4: Right,
2: first of all, is there no other way out of this house? There used to be one other way. What? Uh, The previous owner, Mr. Lopez, had a secret landing stage built for emergencies with an underground passageway from the house. Where is it then? Mr. Lopez never told me. He told only one other. But he is now dead. You mean, Culp? Yes, Culp.
5: (laughs) Come on, we've got to get out of here.
3: I mean, come on. I mean, who else at that time was doing that on this type of TV shows? I mean, you know, that's the... Jurassic Park of its day, you know, it, it you is. look at that, yeah. and, and and I think I love that scene because it sort of brings everything together. There was always a lot of ambition in Anderson, um, but parking the fact, and I think I only realised this when I was a lot older, that if they were to scale, they would be enormous, wouldn't they? Those alligators, they were the size of a window. And they would stuff,
1: be, but, yes, know. absolutely um,
3: vast. Parking that one as a kid, you know, when you're just at home watching that on TV, it's it's exciting and it's gripping. And it's the storytelling, it's the characters, the storytelling, but these amazing ambitious visuals and things that, that the team did, and it was a team effort, I know. It, you know, you look at that and go, you know, as that lab is being smashed up and stuff, oh, yeah. it's proper exciting TV, isn't
1: it? It is. I Actually, my cheeks slightly ache from smiling at that because it, it, there is something really magical about it. And, yeah. and now in HD, yes. seeing it like that, and even stuff like
3: the the scale of the grass versus the alligators. Yes. Yeah. just
1: There's just so much detail in it. Oh, it's,
3: it's just beautifully done. Yeah. And I think it sums up a lot of the care and attention that the teams used to put into these shows, particularly the design aesthetic and mm. the set building. And as I say, everything, you know, I mean, I've watched a lot of TV from that era and uh, it's quite basic in comparison. Mm. Um, and thank God it was all shot on film as well. So we still get to see it, as you say, looking better than ever. Yeah, no, it looks absolutely amazing. I mean,
1: it's, there's, there's so many aspects to that which now wouldn't happen for a kid's show. I mean, let alone talking about a character being mm-hmm. dead, Yes, uh, yeah. which would be avoided now and all the kind mm. of violence and destruction that comes with that. It is, do you think that's part of the, the reason that it kind of has been so timeless and survives on the streaming services? And does it really, do the shows like like Thunderbirds and beyond have a place in a, a modern streaming landscape when there's so many thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of hours of content it, does it still have a place and why people are watching it
3: yeah definitely look I think um it taps into that thing There's not many shows that are aimed at a a family audience or a kids audience translate but I can think of a few I think the Muppets do it mm-hmm. and I think you know Disney tapped into something that adults could watch and kids could watch um at Doctor Who and and I'd, I'd say the Jerry Anderson stuff that that world and i think it's made it's so good you can watch it as an adult and appreciate mm. it and love it and we've all done this you go back to other kids shows and they just they they're kids shows they don't really sue i think it's quite timeless because it's just a a a sort of ripping good adventure and that whole thing about people dying i think there's you know there's not many shows that do that again that i i saw it in the jerry anderson shows and i probably saw it in doctor who um but not, not really anywhere else and that's an interesting point actually i mean Times change and, you know, we've got Grange Hill on BritBox. And people often ask me, why do you put all the older kids stuff? Almost, you, you put it into BritBox as an adult thing and you don't put it because we have kids content in ITVS. Why don't you put it in the kids stuff? And it's Because like, if you go back and rewatch it, what was suitable for kids... 40 years ago. It's not suitable now. I mean, in Grange Hill, Alan, in the early days, he's puffing on a real cigarette right around the back of the school. <laughs> you know, it's quite shocking to watch a kid smoking yeah. on, a, on a drama. Um, so times change, you know, and a lot of it wouldn't be suitable. Um, I think these are timeless. I think very cleverly, um, Jerry, Sylvia, the, the, the whole production team, they set these adventures in a the world, they, they made a very wise choice, which is that the future in 30, 40, 50 years' time is not all going to be silver and sliding doors. There's actually still going to be elements of buildings and real life, in there as we know it today that yeah. they're not just going to bulldoze it all in a couple of decades and so weirdly it's quite timeless there's a lot of references and images that still still look all right and i i don't know that maybe it was just fortuitous a lot of this happened during the 60s and that 60s style aesthetic has has kind of lingered and carried on yeah so you see people in in an episode of one of these shows and you think yeah they could they could still probably Dressed like that now and they'd still fit in so many other shows you know put people in silly silver suits or whatever yeah on. do you know what i mean so so there's a timeless nature to it but i think the, the trick is real good family viewing is parents and kids watching something and um and i think all of these shows uh, have that quite often three generation viewing i think yes that's quite something isn't it yes absolutely absolutely that so so yeah so it's 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 exciting for me that they're reborn and it's that every it feels like every 20 or 30 years like there was a moment in the 90s and there's been another moment recently in streaming that that um these shows get reborn again Long may it continue, uh, Craig. We've got some Potter on questions for you in the mighty lunchbox. In the lunchbox of doom? Uh, no, no, not doom <laughs> at
1: all. It, last week it was the lunchbox of potential negotiation. Yes, um, yeah, there was let's... a lot of
3: business questions, which I'm sure you planted in there. <laughs> I didn't, no, I no promise. No, no, there's no try. planting going on here. I no. assure you. Well, this is from uh, Simpsons Clips. Yes, indeed. And it says, "Are you planning on having Lavender Castle on ITVX now?" Um you're, you're probably an expert in this, but when you try and track down the rights for all these shows, it's quite a patchwork, isn't it? And some it are is. easier than others. And I, I, I think you probably told me this, but Lavender Castle is tied up with one of the trickiest rights holders you could get. Yes, it's, it's an interesting way it's to dream, describe it. It's them. DreamWorks, isn't it? It is DreamWorks. Which is a very big company. And yes. so suddenly trying to get a very big company with millions of priorities to focus in on something like this is a little harder. Um, so for rights reasons, I think that's, you know, that's not going to be possible anytime soon is my gut.
1: It's feel. a very tricky ask. I think the only way we could do that is, is if there was a, a bigger deal for... 50, 100 titles out of DreamWorks, which I guess yeah. is
3: probably not on your priorities list No, right now. no. And they are a company we do business with, but yeah, not on that scale. Yeah. So look, we'll always look for opportunities. Yeah. We'll always ask. Um, so I'll definitely take that away. But that is harder to unlock, definitely, than some of the others. Yeah. Sorry, Simpsons Clips. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, let's pick another one. Okay. Move on from that slightly sad yeah, answer sorry. to a happier one, we yeah. hope. Is this happier? Well, this is from Gary Hodgkinson. And he said um, he was banned too from watching Space Ninety Nine as a youngster. In which case, Craig, if he was banned too, what were you banned from watching Space Nineteen
1: Ninety Nine?
3: Gary was banned as a youngster for being naughty, but only for a few episodes. So it sounds like it was more of a punishment. I was banned from watching it because this is the honest truth. So in the eighties, uh, as I say, I used to live up near Manchester. Um, granada used to repeat space 1999 on a sunday lunchtime which is perfect right and, Ideal. and t- until my parents decided we were going to do the whole we're going to have a roast dinner and we're all going to sit together and its family time and i would have moaned and bleated because it started to creep into my space 1999 watching time um and and you know some of those episodes are that you know we were talking about how adult things can be oh, yeah. and um and there were on, on a couple of occasions, I was sort of forcing the family to watch it while we were eating, breaking the cardinal sin because we didn't let the TV. But you know, the last twenty minutes overlapped; they probably would let me watch it. Um, but they they didn't like two things. I started picking up my food and going, "I don't like the look of this," and they be- became convinced it was because I was seeing stuff on the TV that was putting me off my food and they felt I was in, encroaching on family time and I'll never forget the day they went, you're not watching anymore. We go, you know, you cannot watch it this family time and I would have grumped about it for a bit and so, yeah, there was a whole chunk of episodes of Space 1999 that I never saw for a long time until it sort of came around in home video and DVD. Uh, so, yeah, so um, I, that was my ban. It was putting me off my food and interrupting Sunday lunch. Wow. Um, that feels very unfair. Yeah, rather than a punishment, it sounds like for Gary, it was like, that's your favourite TV show, you can't watch You're it. You're an awesome boy.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that
3: you were banned. But you can watch no. it any you like no. now. Well, yeah, and it was the schedule at Granada's fault. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't schedule it across Sunday lunch, do no. you? you? know, Foolish. So. Yeah, foolish. Uh, I wouldn't have done that. But you um, can now watch it any time on ITVX. Uh, thank you, yes. That's the great thing about streaming, isn't it? Let's <laughs> have so, another one, yeah. Craig? By the way, I think probably the other thing on that is I think your parents often don't know all the weird and wonderful sci-fi you watch, and it, probably they were watching it for the first time. Going, I don't want to watch this while I'm eating my lunch. And, yeah, you particularly know, *Dragons' Domain* with the uh, yeah microwave yeah. corpses. Yeah. yeah, it might have been that episode, and I think back then they didn't edit them like you probably do today yeah, for daytime. That so, Yeah. Anyway, um, Alex Pass has sent this one the in, gal. and it says, "You can take any Anderson vehicle for a test drive. Which one and why?" and i think i've answered this previous actually because I, I i love the mole i just love the idea of yeah you're consistent in it and sort of you know very simplistic down you go up you come and who knows where you come up so so that and um and and also uh, you know any probably any one of the thunderbird craft that would take you into Space, although this not a vehicle, but and I know you're not, not the biggest fan of this franchise, but I loved Joe 90 and the uh. You know, the contra- it's not a vehicle, but the contraption that comes around rat. you. You know, the rat, yes. You want to go in the big rat? Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love okay. to go in that. Who wouldn't? And, you know, it's sort of... Well, yeah, I think you're in a minority there. It's just like, you know, <laughs> it's great fun. I'm not sure I agree. But OK, fine. I, I got this image of
1: you bursting up through the lobby uh, of ITV towers in the That's mole it. and climbing yeah. out. And people all, all the, at the satellite dishes could keel outwards, just like the trees. Oh, oh, it'd be yeah. amazing. Yeah, it'd be perfect. OK, fine.
3: All that for my next visit. You've got uh, two you. more. Questions. Right, penultimate one. This is from Mark Perkins. He says, "Are there any plans to make the HD upscaled version of Space Precinct commercially available?" And I can confidently say, Jamie will answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm in no way involved in any commercial release. Well,
1: I guess there's two, there's two aspects to that. One mm-hmm. is, will it make the transition from ITVX Premium to mm-hmm. ITVX Free? Yes. Yeah, and then will that happen at some point? I mean, that's up to you, not me, yeah. or up to your team. Yeah, teams. Uh, it's
3: highly likely. Yeah. yeah, we like we like to put stuff as a sort of treat, as a reward, almost for people watching BritBox for a few years, yeah. and then we have a discussion about actually now is there a wider audience? But um, uh, and and as I said, back to that earlier point of you have thousands and thousands of hours of content. There's an optimum amount to have. So yeah. if you bring something down, what what do you take off? So so I could see it at some point, but probably not in the next year or two. On ITVX, fine. Over and as far as a commercial release goes, more widely, it's
1: absolutely something we're looking into. Yeah, yeah. There you go. How's and why that? not? Yeah. Perfect. Last one. I mean, there's no surprises now. No, there's one in the bottom of the lunchbox from Paul Hyder. Paul Hyder in, chi- in China. Oh right. Yes. Okay. It's very international this podcast, you know.
3: Ah, yeah. Well, he's asking, what is it about ITVX that makes it a great home for Anderson shows? And I may have partially answered this before. I think it's two things. One is we've got a brand called Britbox, which celebrates the best of British TV. And Anderson shows absolutely the embody the best of British TV. So why, why not? Um, I think it also helps that... When it comes to the free part of ITVX, the bit which has ads in that you don't have to pay for, um, the older stuff we host there needs to make a bit of sense. So it tends to be ITV brands. So it's a legacy thing, right? This is bringing the best of what ITV has done in the past, be it Brideshead Revisited or Rising Damp or A Touch of Frost or Prime Suspect or Cracker or all of those classic shows. Um, It's brilliant to put it in there. It's great to have it in the mix because so many shows in the 60s were shot on videotape black and white often that you know i think if you're a true fan and i do Mm. you go back and watch them if you want to get them to a wider audience it is a little harder so having stuff that's in hd uh either black and white or color really helps because you know you want to be a sort of premium streaming service so i think we're a great home for the shows i think sci-fi is a very big genre if you run a streaming service um so to have the gift of these shows is huge and and look as i said earlier um i think for me we've just got to pace ourselves we don't want to release it all all in one go i know people would love that but there are lots of practical considerations but over time we'd like to every year keep finding a new little tree like Space Precinct on Britbox in HD, you know, all. Of the, you know every year find something new to go, oh, now here's, here's something new to come back for. And while you're here, you can enjoy all these other shows yeah. as well. It is the perfect home. And we're very
1: grateful that all the and stuff has such a nice home.
3: I absolutely love it. It's one of those areas where what you love um, and something that's been with you through your life sort of intersects with um, your job. And that's amazing. It's mm. a gift. But... Yeah, no, um, and just to reassure everybody, we, we, don't, we don't take this lightly. We, you know, we care about these shows and we want them to look better and better and we want to add to them and build them out because um, it's a brilliant slice of classic British telly. So we've got to look after it for, and sort of hand it on to the future generations. Please keep it up. Uh, now, Craig, there is a very special
1: game which we're going to play just very shortly. Yeah. The final iteration of, I believe, Cute mute or recruit which I will give you some context for
3: shortly. <laughs> yes. By the fine one do you mean it's we're about to kill it? Yes you, you are uh,
1: the executioner yes. essentially.
3: Yes um, kiss of
1: death. But we, at the very start of our, our first chat last week you, you mentioned meeting a very young me mm. uh, uh, and, and meeting dad. I, we sort of didn't really get into that No, that meeting in particular just wanted a bit more context for it to round off this sort of start to finish Uh, discussion.
3: Honestly, um, Jerry was absolutely lovely actually to me i was a young sort of jobbing dj and on more than one occasion he would sometimes say do you want me to do something on the show or and so he came on several times actually and um he was he was really he was really nice guy he was he was i think he'd got to that stage where he was at peace with a lot of that legacy. Yes. So I think he was, I'm not sure, but I think he was finally comfortable talking about a lot of it for the first time. He was very mischievous. He would always throw, in in the interviews, he would always throw something in to try and throw me, I think most famously, (laughs) when he was talking about how he managed to get the effect of Robert the Robot. Mm. Um, uh, and which he did, of course, and innocent me on a networked Saturday morning show with many, many kids listening. He told the story of how, uh, the ideal implement he found to press against his throat to get that, that, uh. That voice, and I had my head in my hands. He did it on purpose, I think. Of he could see what he was doing. So I love, but I love that there was there was always a good bit of banter. He always brought it to life, and he was actually was very generous with his time. And and as I say, Simon Archer had introduced us. So um, so yeah, so he was he was great when he came on the show, and he told all the brilliant anecdotes that we know and love. You know, his hatred of of John and that's why he stuck him in the space station and all of that. I think people forget now, we take the internet for granted, but back in the early 90s, you were clinging onto a book or a magazine article or a radio interview to find out these nuggets. Now, I think Everybody knows a lot of this stuff because it will be sitting there on a Wikipedia page somewhere. Um, But no. And the other thing I was very impressed about Jerry was his drive. Mm. Every time you met him, he was talking about a new project. There there was always the next thing. Always that that's what got him out of bed in the morning. Um, But as I say, I think he certainly said to me that for a time he sort of hated, sort of grew to resent and we all know this obviously uh what he did in the sixties because he really wanted to be making live action and he got a bit boxed in um but there was always projects on the go and you know they a lot of them eventually came to fruition but it would take years you know um but that's what a great producer does they don't they don't give up they just keep chipping away um so yeah yeah you know, as i say we we had some great times it was i felt incredibly. Uh, fortunate to be invited and to go backstage, um, albeit everybody was more interested in Pat Sharp than me, clearly. Uh, legend, legendary 80s DJ, Pat Sharp. <laughs> um, but I was just couldn't believe I got to be there to mm. see some of the original, you know, uh, marionettes and stuff. It was amazing. There you go. And now here we are, all these yes, years later. Yes, all these years later. And it comes, <laughs> it comes full circle because that's how old I am. I mean, that would have been like 30-odd years ago. So, yeah. yeah. Scary. Amazing.
1: If you could have told young me and younger you then yes. that this would be what we would do. Yeah, now. Anyway, even, even better. There's so much lovely full circle stuff that we talked about and including, you know, Dad's Army and that allowed me mm. and dad to sit and watch stuff together yeah. and, you know, how it's affected your life. It feels only right that we should end on a real high
3: <laughs> with a game of cute mutes. Or recruit yeah what a great way to sort of ruin that lovely poignant chat we were just having it was also yeah. beautiful yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. i think we can thank richard james for um yeah. creating this game yeah uh, now if you're not aware uh it's probably for the best but um each week until now the previous week's guest has drawn three random cards from a selection of characters uh and you are now tasked with building your very own, or our very own, uh, international rescue type agency. So you right. can, you, you get these three choices. You can only recruit one. Right. You're going to say that one is cute. I mean, this is Richard's game. <laughs> and one you're going to mute because you couldn't bear uh, okay. any, right. any time okay. with them at all. Yeah. Uh,
3: okay. So... And you're about to tell me... Well, I'm going to give you the three cards, and you can
1: tell us who's here. I think you'll recognise all of them. So here are your choices, courtesy of Nicholas Young. Who have you got, Craig?
3: I've got uh, Mr. Four Feather Falls. Tex Tucker from Four Feather Falls. Yes, exactly. Everybody's favourite, Parker Butler. Interesting one. And um, UFO guy. Ed Straker. Ed Straker. Commander Ed Straker. Straker. Yeah, Commander Ed Straker. This is quite... This is quite tough. Well, actually, there's an easy mute in these. Is there? Easy mute. Who are you muting? Tex Tucker. Goodbye, Tex. Text oh, Tucker. Dear. I'm not a big Westerns fan. Um, so I've never quite liked that. So, and and Four Feather Falls is fine for what it is. I do I have watched some. Um, but no, sorry, Tex. I'm not big into the cowboy scene. So. Wow.
1: So that's the voice of uh, entertainment legend Nicholas Parsons. I know, you've chosen I, know, to mute. I
3: know. I know. Ouch. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So, sorry. Yes, but that, that one's going. Right. So, so that's it's down. down. It is
1: Parker or Ed Straker. Who are you going to uh, say is cute and who are you going
3: to recruit
1: <laughs> for your cute special organization?
3: I think you've made it very easy for me, the, the well, cute and recruit. It's,
1: it's Nicholas Young that's made it easy for you. I've had nothing to do with this <laughs> at all. Uh, I'm,
3: I'm recusing myself from any involvement with this. I think we've got to say cute. Because... Really? Yeah, we've got to say cute. I'm shocked. But that's partly because I don't know whether I'd ever describe Parker as cute. He's, you know...
1: He's cute in a sort of quirky, charming way. No,
3: no, no, no. The thing I loved about UFO... was the the look, the feel, the costumes, proper space-age madness, which I loved, the multicoloured hair. And again, you know, uh, so I looked at that show and I felt everybody was quite quite good-looking and just, you know. So, okay. Um, so there's a cuteness there, definitely right. a, a type, I think. Very so, good. Yeah, I go for that. But and no, if I was going to build something around somebody... And uh, build it out into something and start something up. I, I'd want Parker at my side. This is this guy with his background. Uh, you know, I feel, you know, as we saw over many, many episodes, he's a man of hidden depths, murky depths as well, I think. Yeah, you know? but I, I like that. I think you need a bit of rough and tumble. You need someone who can crack the code, or, you know, he could probably take someone into an alleyway and, you know, look after himself <laughs> with his. <laughs> <laughs> in 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 terms of, I think he could get into a, a bit of a fight situ and he'd look after you, I think, you know. I mean, I would say Strike would too, but it's interesting. It says a lot about your psychology,
1: Craig, that you would choose yeah. an ex-convict over someone previously ex, in the ex, US Air Force ex, and now head of a secret organisation. Ex-convict organization. you
3: can do, yeah. No, no, no. I, there's, it's pretty boy versus the brawn. And I think, okay. you know, yeah. I think I'd want Parker in my corner. Well... What a bombshell to end Cute Mute or Recruit on.
1: (laughs) I'm so glad that that's the way we've ended it. Goodness me. Uh, Craig, to redeem yourself, is there anything else that you would like to add about ITVX or what people can watch? Is is Uncharted coming up on X, I believe? I think, I'm sure. Yes,
3: yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's in plan. It's like um, one of the things I'm keen to do is look for Uh, a moment, you know, like a a Gerry Anderson day or if a show has a particular day. Mm. Uh, But yes, I'm not sure how widely known that is, but Uncharted will definitely be coming on to the free tier of ITVX uh, very soon, actually. Um, And yeah, we look, ITVX is there to just go in and watch what you want to watch. And as I say, over the next year, I'm quite ambitious that we'll make it more personalised to to your taste. But um, particularly if you go for the premium subscription, you do get a lot of additional shows, a lot of great sci-fi shows. So I'll always be the salesperson for the whole thing. But what I like most about it is we can put all this stuff out there and it can find whole new audiences. We've just launched, um, you can put lots of channels up uh, within ITVX, and we've just launched a blast from the past channel, and that's showing things like you know Captain Scarlet and stuff. So, oh, so we're amazing. finding lots of places to put this. It's there, all of it's there, you know, to to watch in its entirety. But we've got channels if you don't want to pick, and uh, you'll you'll see that sandwiched in between rhubarb and custard and other <laughs> classics. So yeah, so look, there's a lot there to discover, but it's got to be each to their own. But I, as as you could probably tell, I just feel incredibly privileged to be able to work there and pull it all together. I've got a brilliant team who work very hard on uh, curating the stuff and getting it in front of people. But all I'd say to people is go and have a nose around. There's some quite interesting stuff there that you might not have spotted before. Brilliant,
1: Craig. Well, it's all in very good hands and we're very grateful, all Ander fans are, for everything you're doing there. So please keep it up. Uh, last week we talked about where to find ITVX, but what about people, people want to find you? Can they... Follow you on LinkedIn or are you on Twitter? Or yeah, X, I, I'm, I'm.
3: I'm not on any um, platforms, but LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Is always a place you can uh, look up sort of what I'm up to. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously, I. I I, what I love is actually you've got a, a great connection here with the people who love the world of Jerry Anderson. So as they've done today, never what I'd say is never be shy of asking the questions uh, to the team at Anderson Entertainment and uh, you guys are very good at getting it across to us. And, and no idea is a bad idea. I'm always looking for new ideas, new thoughts of what we could do to keep things fresh as I say the only thing with the streaming service is you don't want things to go stale you don't just want to oh, put yeah. them there so you always need to release new stuff so that's why we keep our powder dry and hold shows back because you know what exciting things could we do next year mm. and the year after um so yeah if anybody ever has any ideas I'm always open to them amazing Craig you've been brilliant
1: thank you so much is it thank always? you Craig Morris thank you
0: There, Craig Morris says goodbye. Still a nice man. Well, always I, will be. What well, well, I say, says goodbye. He's, he's going go to got back. He's got another press little Chris's job to do to thing. press Chris's button. On. The randomiser coming up shortly. Yeah. yeah, but what an interesting take on the worlds of Jerry Anderson from someone really very deeply embedded in the industry at the moment, but mm. still sees that there's a place for
1: the work of Jerry Anderson. Yes. Isn't it nice? It's nice to have
0: the support of people like Craig. Yeah, that's so, right. Thank you, Craig. I mean, all sorts of streamers seem to be falling over themselves at the moment to show Jerry Anderson shows, don't they? They do. Mm. Who knows where Space Precinct might to my turn up next. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yes. Uh, the bargain bin in the local <laughs> no, 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 not. No, not. no, 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 no. Great. Next week, we've got Sadie Miller joining us. Uh, voice actor, writer. Uh, of course, the two of you uh, shared a screen together for uh, more than 30 years in the TARDIS. The you
1: know we 30 niffles? years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes, it must be. It is thirty <gasps> years ago. Crikey!
1: There yes, you go. when we were both wee nippers. Yes, that's right. Uh, so uh, she'll be joining us uh, next week to tell us all about her career and Anderson. Amazing. It's well. so weird that I was been on that with her, never met her then. I've worked with her since directing <laughs> her, never her met in her person,
0: and now finally. <laughs> uh, finally you still don't get to meet her because I'll be interviewing her. Oh. You can have a fish finger sandwich with her for lunch if you like. Brilliant! I look forward to that. <laughs> Great. Uh, now over on our YouTube channel, oh, there's all sorts going on over there. Not only can you find uh, the weekly podcasts uploaded in video format, brilliant, but you could also find oh, there's a new documentary about uh, Jerry's early life and career, which is yep. fascinating. Correct. Uh, there's the uh, the primers, of course, mm. um, to introduce you to any yeah. Jerry Anderson series that you fancy. I think are they all up? Yes. For every series, pretty much, yeah, 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 great. Uh, there's also there's documentaries, uh, episodes, beyond, I think. beyond
1: Anderson yeah. audio drama yeah. things, trailers galore, Crikey. parodies, no. pastiches, yes. homages, homages, but, but comics. Uh, all right, oh, sorry, I finished. Yes. Okay. Now I don't
0: know if you remember Pod two eighty. I do. Uh, featured an interview with Alan Dean. Yes. who has recently curated a book of fantastic pictures from uh, Candy and Andy and the Berandas. Very weird, but very lovely. Uh, conducted in my kitchen, you might have noticed. The, the interview, not the curating yeah. of the book. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <to> <laughs> yes, hence the rather dodgy sound, for which I apologise. But no one mentioned it. Do they not? No. I thought I did. Well, well, no. I mean, what I mean is no one who's watched it. No one who matters has watched it. No, it right. Scofair5551 yes. did, however, comment, the Candy and Andy era was Jerry Anderson at his most bizarre. Mm, probably. Uh, it may have been uh, equally enigmatic had it been made into a series. Yep. It was definitely surreal by nature. Some may even think hallucinogenic influences, but I doubt that. I don't think so, no. <laughs> it was Jerry being original, heavily influenced by mid-60s psychedelia, and maybe the fact it didn't become a show aids my imagination on the characters to this day. I still believe it to be a charming concept. Charming, certainly one word. It's true, it is. Is it charming? Yes. Sort of sinister. Sinister and charming. Certainly through a model lens, it's sinister. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Peter Lippman, who we know and love, says, I wonder what an actual series this might have turned out to be. Candy, not the podcast, mm. he says. Well, because the podcast is a series.
1: It is. Yes.
0: It's on IMDb. That's right. And Ian Dealey says I'm really quite fascinated by the Candy and Andy story. The fact that it crossed over with Thunderbirds was an amazing achievement in itself. Yes, all happening at the same time. Yeah.
1: And it probably across the studio floor from one another at various points. Just Weird. absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Uh, over on the early life of Jerry Anderson <sighs> on the videos about Lionel, yes. his big brother. fascinating. Yeah. Uh Mark Clory, 007. Fascinating. Yes, very touching. wasn't expecting that. Thank you and RIP to both of those amazing men. This yeah. yes, is a very touching insight if you've mm. watched it already. Mm. Uh, Dogwalker666. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Brilliant. Careful. Interesting. Said, fascinating documentary. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Uh, and Kilted Green. Yeah. Said, I feel so sad that Jerry thought that way, saying that he should have died rather than Lionel. Oh, yes. Uh, from his perspective, I can sort of see where he's coming from. But the joy that Jerry brought to the world through his work would have never happened if his wish had come true. Well, that's absolutely true, and and probably, you know, if Lionel had survived the war, he might not have been inspired to go and do those things. If you know, so right. much, so much of his career is down to Lionel, really. Yeah. And and if you uh, haven't seen it, mm. you can watch more and learn more about that on Jerry Anson Life Uncharted, which yes, is now available. Yeah. Uh, for free on ITVX. Oh, is it? Yes. Ah, from, okay. Well, from the 30th of November, which okay. is kind of now, isn't it? Kind of there? now, I think, yes. Yeah. Uh, so does that mean you don't have to subscribe and be a sort of a premium member? Yeah, you, can, you just... can just watch oh. the ad-interrupted version. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Might have a look at that. I mean, I've seen it before, obviously. Might have another look.
0: Uh, great. And now, I, I also, I mean, this is something we teased last week. Oh, I yeah. never got round to mentioning. Yes, I was but, I mean, excited. It's been, it's been in full view for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but this is the release of the Space 1999 <laughs> Eagle Collectibles. Oh, bash me, my Careful. There. Look I'm, fl- I'm flying it around for those of you okay. listening. Yeah, well, Setlick3Gaming80 uh, commented beneath the video, uh, letting us know that these collectibles were available for pre-order, saying, "I'll oh, check it out, I was raised on a farm. And I used old pots and pans and stuff around the ranch to build my own moon base alpha. Amazing. Uh, I would step around it, flying my model eagle in my hand, landing and sometimes crashing, of of course. course, on the moon's surface. I would create aliens using other models and imagined all the drama unfolding beneath those hoses and pots and pans and blocks of wood. Space 1999 will always have that special place in my heart of imagination. Oh.
1: How lovely. Yeah, it's great, isn't it?
0: And uh, so, yeah, here it is. You Get your own uh, your own space. And I, you know, you yes, kind
1: of space uh, but also... Thing. Well, actually, uh, do you want to read the other comment? And then Tom I'll... Senior
0: 7405 simply says, Want, 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 want.
1: Glad you read all of them. I was worried you were going <laughs> to drop one there. So the other thing that we revealed, and we spoke about in the news a couple yeah. of weeks ago, but we haven't really talked about since, <sighs> it's hidden away here, our new Thunderbird 2, desktop Beautiful. Thunderbird 2 collectible that's coming. The, so the prototype that I've got here... Yeah. Um, it's not got the finished paint job it's yep. only got a little bit of weathering on it but it is glorious and I've wanted one of these for so long I've just wanted us to do a lovely Thunderbird 2 that can sit on display and yeah, just this. be something you could marvel that's at and it idea. is it is a beauty Great. so that's, that's coming next year is it? Mm. lovely just very gently. nice oh, and it's got, so does it come with this little runway? Sort of it comes runways? with this little runway oh, just hold that we're away. not doing QVC Rich. no, no just, I know I know but people want to see it don't they? well they can't see it if they're hearing it but yes it's on a runway stand <laughs> Anyway, goodness me, shall we move on? Yes, uh, well, that's
0: all for now over on our YouTube channel, but uh, yeah, do give it a visit and give it a comment and um, uh, we'll read out your comments next time. Also, while we're talking about commenting, you mentioned IMDB earlier. I did. Well, now we're on video, yes. as you mentioned. The, the 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 podcast now has its own entry
1: imdb listing yes
0: uh i mean does that mean that's part of my uh, imdb it does yeah. does it yeah i'll have to have a look yeah. so please uh,
1: do go go along and rate
0: that yes somewhere else to put a, a rating and a review yeah Chris, um we'd love that yeah great uh right that, that's it i think from us for now oh thank goodness uh, thank goodness we've made it this far which means we can now hand over the reins to someone far more competent oh yes it's chris dale and the randomizer he's very good
1: shall we mm. over to you chris
5: well, Craig, once more, I find you on the randomizer sofa with myself and the randomizer. You know the form, you know how this works, so whenever you're ready, let's press the button. Yeah,
3: I wanted Stingray last week, we got you, UFO, we Stingray, but, yeah, so let's... let's we can better UFO. You know, can't there's we? 18 shows in here. Yeah, there. come on. It's got to be better, right? Oh, anything. Better, better than. There's only one thing you know, yeah, that we really don't want yeah, to see through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. That one thing wouldn't be Torchy the Battery Boy, would it? <laughs> we invite
5: you here. Okay. We give you a nice lunch, I just, just lovely questions. Button. All I did was press a button. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You, it's only ten minutes. You're not a fan. You're not know a fan. Not really a fan. No. 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 Not right. many people know that. But uh, you know, I've soldiered through eighty million of them by this point. So what's one more, right? Well, enjoy it. Yes, I will. You can clear off. You've done your bit. Honestly. <laughs> must be past the halfway point with these, but they keep coming like cockroaches. But it's true, what you know what I said to Craig there, you you invite the guests onto the Jerry Anderson podcast, you give them a nice lunch, and this, they come and do this to you. I mean I mean I, I felt that I was getting on alright with Craig and then it's just this sort of what does he do? He goes and lays King Dithers loses his crown on me. Uh, king Dithers, I don't know, loses his crown as a disgusting creature, possibly? I don't know. I'm sure
2: you've never seen an orange peel palace before.
5: Uh, yeah, I have. I saw it in the episode King Dithers, actually. Can I go now? No? The king of Topsy-Turvy Land yes. is called Dithers. King Dithers, yes. And there he is in his throne. There he is, I can dithering see Dithering around uh, as usual. If you could just hold shot. I, I can get him. No. <sighs> nah, he's moving save it for Torchy later on I
2: wonder on. what I shall do with myself today
5: oh I don't know I'm all of a dinner. Uh,
2: no. I don't want to do that I've only just got up
5: <laughs> well, don't sing don't sing it's too early for a song no, I think I'll go to
2: fruit town and see how Torchy the battery boy is getting on
5: <laughs> I'll go and spread my uh, my unpleasant presence my
2: comb my velvet oh. <laughs>
5: upon my innocent uh, Subjects.
2: I mean, I must dust my comb and, and, and have my velvet uh, shirt
5: <laughs> uh, have an aneurysm, what's what going on? Oh!
2: Oh dear, my crown's fallen off.
5: Well, it seems too large for me today. That surely can't be the uh, instigating, inciting uh, ah, in, uh, no. event of the episode. Well, where's it?
2: my coach and donkey?
5: Coach and Daffy. donkey? Oh, oh, yes, Daffy donkey. Uh and there Daddy he is. The
2: donkey was harnessed to King Dithers' coach.
5: At all I times, 24-7. It was a hellish existence. I
2: wonder why King Dither is calling me? Oh. <laughs> hello Daffy. Uh. I want you to take me to
5: Fruitown. <coughs>
2: Of course, Your Majesty.
5: He's left his uh, crown at the palace, you see.
2: Do you know where it is?
5: I hope this doesn't descend into he's out visiting people and he doesn't know where his crown is, and then it turns out that he left it back at the palace, because I will be cross.
2: I'm very glad to hear it.
5: Uh
2: Now I'll climb into the coach, uh, and we can be off.
5: Good, good. King
2: Dithers climbed into his coach, and Daffy
5: began. (laughs) He's dead! Oh, no, his eyes are shut. Trick trot,
2: trit trot oh, went the That's dog. actually
5: quite a good puppet walk for this show. Uh, this is a fairly ambitious shot for this series. You know, fair's fair. Uh, but
2: soon, Daffy began to feel tired. Hmm. And suddenly, he stopped walking.
5: Oh, sat down. <laughs> There's the one tooth hanging out the front of the mouth. I find that quite disturbing.
2: Of pulling the coach. Mm. They want to have a rest. Wake up, your majesty. It's time uh, for you to pull the coach. town is not far away, and you'll have to walk there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well nonsense. I'm not going to walk to Frotown. Now take me all the way
5: there. Come on, you're the royal donkey. It's literally your only job in the series.
2: I'm too hot. I want to rest
5: now. What an obstinate donkey you are. Um, Wasn't there a crown in this episode that's supposed to be getting lost? Torchy
2: was cleaning the windows of his pineapple house Uh. when King Dithers tiptoed up behind
5: him. It looks like he's got someone trapped in the house and he's going, You can't escape from me. I am Torchy and I will always be with you.
2: I can't remember. (laughs) I'm very absent-minded, you know. Mm. And I... uh, (laughs) I sometimes forget things i yeah. know you do you've forgotten something very important today oh, oh. I really?
5: what? your what? pants you put
2: your crown on. To put my oh crown dear
5: on. well never but mind I, hmm?
2: oh, well, uh,
5: the kingdom doesn't fall apart because well, the king isn't wearing the well, crown
2: oh. perhaps you left it in the palace yes
5: please. he did he did we saw it fall off his head oh, so oh, there's no oh, mystery here
2: and put it on oh You can't be a king without a crown, you
5: know. Unless Daffy has stolen it and has taken the throne for himself.
2: Oh, Goody, I know
5: that. And (laughs) then you can walk back because 'cause I'm not sending the donkey out again just for you.
2: Thank you, Your Majesty. I'll go and fetch him at once. Squish, the space boy with
5: a water pistol, is having a swing in the
2: playground. Gee, I don't know
5: what to do. Whoa! Careful, then. Torchy! Don't walk out in front of the swing, Torchy. I wouldn't want you to get hurt. Oh,
2: brother! That would be Oh, brother, fun. it's Torchy! I wanted to have tea in a palace. Come on, then. <laughs> King and Torchy.
5: Oh, the poor donkey now <laughs> has to go back to three house. people rather than just one. Yeah, if
2: he didn't like pulling such a heavy coach. No. And they went very slowly.
5: Much like the story. But at
2: last they reached the palace uh-huh. and went into the throne room
5: is doing Enough. some strange poses. Help me poses. find my
2: crown, and then we'll have tea. Oh dear, dear, dear. Oh no, where is it? <sighs> I can't see it anywhere. Mm. Neither can I. I guess you've lost it. Oh, oh well, gracious. never mind. We've got to find it, Torchy. You must help me find my crown. All right. I'll ask my magic beam to
5: help me. Okay. Magic beam. The magic gun.
2: beam that is, is so, so bright. bright.
5: Will you shine, you shine the your lovely, lovely light? light idiot king lost his crown, magic beam round and round, round and round round now, and round and round. and my beam will tell
2: us the answer.
5: Oh, it's alright. I found it. I flushed it down the toilet.
2: And it shone out of the throne room and all the way to a beautiful green bush.
5: Uh-huh. All the places where we know the crown better isn't. better and
2: look under that bush, Your Majesty. My beam says that's where you'll
5: find your crown. Uh, How reliable is this beam of yours, Torchy? Uh,
2: My head feels cold without a crown. Hmm.
5: Well? Oh, no, okay. Yes, that's quite a uh, disturbing shape in the background. I think we're about to get another reveal of a character for the first time. Uh, It's the bird thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, there he is. Uh, What a Uh, I think it's meant to be some kind of bird, but I couldn't swear as to which.
2: There's only one of them in the world. Hmm. Can you talk?
5: Well, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Um, sure you could speak if you opened your beak. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I you would be a great speech therapist, wouldn't he? I'm sure you couldn't speak. Just, Just say words. It's fine. It's very easy.
2: I do wish he would talk to me. Uh, I'm sure he must have a very funny voice. I know what I'll
5: do. There's enough people in Topsy Turvy Land with funny voices. We don't need any more. What happened to the giggling hyena? The um, uh, spinning top with the moustache. Does he have the crown? What's going on? Walking one way. Walking the other way. We're not building up to a song, are we?
2: Oh, do stop walking up and down.
5: Yes, yes, very. I have found some
2: grass and I'm going to tickle you and make you laugh.
5: Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. We're not bringing tickling into this. I think he's going to have the crown in his mouth. He's
2: laughing. (laughs) (laughs) To to him. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: Meanwhile, Pillywig the Clown is just off-screen crying, Oh, they didn't bring me in to make him laugh. That's my only reason for existing. There's the stupid crown.
2: Well,
5: I knew. Oh, I, I did. found
2: your crown. That
5: means I am now king of Topsy-Turvy Land. All bow before me. <laughs>
2: I don't think the polican's going to open his beak.
5: Oh, it's a pelican. I'll find
2: a pair of pincers and make him open it. (laughs) Come on, Um, I'll Open your beak and give me my crown.
5: Otherwise, Torchy is going to implement violent methods and uh, you don't want that.
2: I didn't steal it. I found it. Hmm. I love all things that shine and
5: glitter. But this is Kenneth Connor as well, and I think also he was playing the donkey. So Kenneth Connor does a lot of talking to himself in this show. Have
2: a look.
5: As he does in Four for the Falls. Uh, huh. <laughs>
2: well, I never.
5: <laughs> it's covered in stomach acid. What have you been doing with it?
2: You'll get indigestion if you swallow all those. <laughs> I don't swallow them. I keep them in my beak, yes. and Take them out and look at them.
5: We know we've established this. Can this be well, over?
2: You're not going to keep my crown.
5: For an episode called King Didders Loses His Crown, we seem to have found the crown about halfway through. Ooh! Ooh! Ooh. Ah. Oh, He's bitten you the king's hand. Bird. Uh, punishable by death, possibly? My
2: fingers.
5: Oh, come on, get on with it.
2: I'm very sorry. But I love your crown.
5: And I love you. Let
2: me keep it in my beak. Mm -hmm. I'll look after it very carefully for you.
5: So which kid on earth had the disturbing pelican toy-in-suit toy? Uh
2: In fact, it's a wonderful idea. <laughs> you can live with me and go around picking up all the things I lose.
5: Oh, what a- oh no, no, I'm not going to go that far.
2: I know am.
5: I'm not sure who's coming off more sinister here. Oh, aside from the fact that he's now singing actually from a distance, he does look quite sinister. He looks a a bit like uh, Uncle Deadly from The Muppets from a distance. Close up he, he looks all right, although the tiny hands are a bit disturbing. Yes. That
2: is why poor
5: Polly can't speak. Torchy is about to jump on him with the pliers. No time for a song! I want that crown back!
2: Mini-mini-ba, here we go again. I'm Paulie-can. Clever paulie Whatever you can do, Paulie-can. Yes. I'm very ugly.
5: Yes, I you are, yes, admit, yes. When
2: I stand,
5: I look as well I'm Don't to come any closer. I, I, I don't, uh, having the crown in the mouth, it makes the mouth look very sinister, like, almost like there's a tongue in there or something. I've never really cottoned onto the sinisterness of this puppet before. I think also the, the very thin eye, uh, it, arm joints I
2: open your don't help. You do not even bother with that, Torchy. Can't you
5: see? We, we've come to an arrangement, Torchy. It's unorthodox, but I think it will work. So
2: you have. How did you get it? Ah, ha,
5: ha, ha. ah, 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 ah.
2: <laughs> The polycan and I are friends. <laughs> and he's coming to live with me. <laughs> I won't lose my crown or jewels anymore because when I take them off, he will just pop them into his beak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a good idea.
5: Well, we can it's have an idea.
2: Him. Dinner
5: and Prince Pelican. Yeah, whatever. Have whatever. Just end. You've ended. Thank you. Right, well, that was uh, King Dillers uh, does something stupid. Oh, loses his crown and then finds it again and spends more than half the episode dilly dallying about with the stupid pelican thing. I feel like I've run a marathon after watching some of these. And they're only 10 minutes, not even that. Um, what can I say, you know, perfectly fine. Uh, addition to the, the Torchy saga, um, you know. I, I mean, you saw, you saw what happened. You make up your own minds, I'm, I'm forget you guys, I'm out of here, later.
0: Torchy! What? Torchy!
1: Yeah, Yeah,
0: but it has its place, doesn't it?
1: Well, I'll tell you where it might have its place next year. Right. (laughs) It's going to be terrible (laughs) because I've forgotten the name of the lovely group who are doing it, but we'll remember in a future week. Great. Uh, There's a group of modelers that I met at Scale Model World. Yes. And each year they have a theme. Next year their theme is Gerry Anderson.
0: Ah. And next year
1: they intend to do a scale model of... yeah. Torchy's Rocket.
0: <laughs> oh, lovely. Not just that, a load yeah. of other stuff
1: too. Oh, great. That's so really they'll nice. be Showing that off at Scale Model World 2024. Right. Mm. That's
0: what a fantastic idea. Do
1: they have themes every year then? Yes, I don't know what the theme was this year. Sure. But they're the, great because next year's theme is Gerry Anderson and yeah. the year after it's Thunderbirds. Oh, well, right. So Double bubble. Great draw for Anderson fans for that's Scale right. Model World next year and the year after. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Good. Thanks, Chris, for torchy. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Well, there'll be something else next week, won't there? Yeah, it could something be another to torchy because it. it's random. Could it? be another torchy. Yeah. yeah. that's right. Be like flicking tails twice, wouldn't it? Yes. Could happen.
1: Which is, it's it's very likely. Or even in fact. three times or four times. It's it, just it, as likely. It, except it's a it's a coin with hundreds of heads on it. Yes. Right, hundreds of faces on it. Yes. Anyway, let's move on. This is getting pointless. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, well, all we've got left is to say goodbye. So. Yes. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Bye. Thanks,
0: oh, bye Chris. Bye to you. Bye. Bye. Bye, postrons Bye. 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 Five, four, three, two,
2: one, one. Let's get started. Let's
4: go. Spectrum is green. (laughs) Do
1: you know I had a dream last night about doing uh, a live? Podcast, right? And the Podstron's were so unruly. <laughs> you know, when you do it, you ho- you do your wonderful hosting and you you run I do around the, the room. The Bruce you- Forsyth thing, yes. Well, I was going to say Annika Rice, but oh no, I'll take that. You know yes, I mean, I you're sort of that. the love child of Annika Rice and Bruce Forsyth. Actually, before <laughs> yeah. you I love. My love. Yeah, <laughs> when you do it in your yeah. jumpsuit yeah. and you run around the audience and you you encourage them to say news, 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 news. Yes, and, and the Gubbins. gubbins and- they were just doing it. They were running amuck through yeah, the podcast. We were trying to say, oh. uh, you know, uh, c- coming up now, some news uh, from the world yeah. of Jerry Anderson, yeah. and they and just they were shouting news, Need, news, Need, news, news, oh, news. Like oh, news, news, like heckling us with our own catchphrases. That's oh, like that oh, Willow, yeah, watcher, terror, terror, mm, terror, isn't she? But yeah, they'd never do that really. It's just the enthusiasm. But I don't know why I had a why did I have an anxiety dream about a live podcast? Is that a bit weird? <laughs> Let's talk about this
0: when we say goodbye. Okay, Bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. So tell me about your childhood. That was an Anderson Entertainment production. Rude. Fascinating. Brilliant.